Yo, welcome to the Zillionaires Podcast, where we mainly talk about Seattle-related sports topics and other things as well. I'm your host and moderator, Solo, from Brooklyn. What up, what up, y'all? This is Chisler from Seattle, Washington. They call me the Wizard of Washington Sports. That means every night I gaze into my crystal ball so I can tell you the future of what's going down. What's up, guys? This is Krusty from Yakima. I wear my fandom on my sleeve. I get crazy, I get emotional, and I like to throw down ultimatums. Let's have some fun. All right, guys. We're back. Episode 6. Uh... Just steaming along here. This is like second one this week. I'm quite excited about that. That's almost a new record for us. Each week, breaking new boundaries and pushing <laughs> limits and envelopes and Krusty's back in action as usual. This week it's episode six. Next week, the moon. <laughs> we got our good friend Centaur back from Spokane. Say what up again. Thanks, guys. Woo! The voice of reason is checking in. That's actually his tag, <laughs> tag name, Centaur, the voice of reason, half man, half brain. If Centaur is half man, half brain, what's crusty? Uh, all, all stomach. All stomach. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even know if we should call him Centaur. We should just call him Anti-Crusty. You, you, you put them in a room together and you, you have zero. <laughs> it's a positive awesome. and a negative. Awesome. I'm sure. I'm sure Centaur actually knows like the math on that. How to like do the? I guess it's just the oil. The crusty's water is. There's <laughs> <laughs> definitely something out there. The well, it's, good to, uh, it's good to have you back, Centaur. It's definitely fun uh, to have the other uh, perspective, and I thought it went well last time. So nice. Uh, glad to see. I like it. just having. I like just having a, a solid perspective. Let's not get too far down that road now. <laughs> I like that you have a beginning and a conclusion, and it's not just a beginning, a middle, and then a beginning again, and then another <laughs> middle, and then another beginning. <laughs> you need like six beginnings before you do anything serious. <laughs> yeah, like when you did your, your favorite play of all time. It like made really good sense, and it had like a reason behind it, and I could think about it, and I didn't get lost in the story. Well, no, and, and just to touch on that, you asked for our favorite play of all time. Krusty talked about three games, which is like three hundred plays. Well, he did. He did say the fall. Of the, the, or I, the, said yeah, the, the, I said the fail, the fail Mary, Mary, the catch. Yeah. Well, you were talking the about the game, though, and you were there, who didn't head to toe Seahawks gear, and then you went into the, the game where there were 12 false starts, and then the you one. went to the Super the Bowl false starts as your favorite play. So now the Super Bowl is your favorite play. And anyway, so that was <laughs> no, 300 that aggregated. That was that 300 plays in aggregate. Yeah, I mean, he Look, asked for one, deny and you it? gave him 300. <laughs> so he's, he's going to deny I, it right now. I like to live. Wor- I like to live life in the world of favorites. I, I have a lot of a lot of them. <laughs> no, Krusty. I mean, tip of the cap. You over delivered, which is a good way to go through life. So, <laughs> so asked for one, you gave him 300. That's right. Go yeah. big. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It makes for I, a long I'm podcast. A that's for sure. Shooter. Or I mean, a, a low percentage shooter, but a high uh, volume, high, a, a high uh, amount shooter. High yeah. volume. High yeah. volume. Thank you. High volume. Uh, you are so high volume. Do? Let's just call you high volume. 
Yes, but it's not for what you think. <laughs> yeah, I thought you literally had a megaphone. You were doing this podcast through for the first couple episodes. <laughs> the amazing oh my thing, gosh, you have no idea. Yeah, the amazing thing is that Solo actually turns me down in the editing. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Like everybody's like, you know, it's pretty normal level. And then I have Crest. If you can see what my mixing console looks like, it's Crest's like halfway down. I got all these compressors and limiters, and it's still like I, I'm trying to find the, pr- the 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 perfect volume for you, Crusty Is tricky every single time. I'm like, is he too loud right now? I'm like, actually, he's quiet. He's just yelling. It's like, I can't well, figure out how to just know, set it in there. All all four of you have 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 been in the same room with me. Plenty enough times over the course of the years to know that loud is the default volume of my life. But none know that better than Centaur. Centaur, Centaur has, has seen the loudest possible crusties ever. That's true. I actually forgot that you guys were roommates at one point, right? Yeah. In college or yeah. something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Man, the glory days. No, it was a it was a Chris Farley David Spade movie for sophomore and junior year of college. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really was. <laughs> definitely definitely dates us. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, I thought tonight we'd uh I mean, let's just talk about the Hawks a little bit more, but Let's just talk about what's going on right now. Like the recent rumors of uh, Pete Carroll mentioning about a backup quarterback, either being uh, Kaepernick or RG three. I found it quite interesting. I heard him on the radio, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Let's start with Centaur in Spokane. Um, I'm I'm all for it if if the numbers right and if the terms are right. And to me, what's right is a Tavares Jackson type deal where it's kind of a one year, one and a half million dollar contract. Whether he accepts it or not, and that's what I think is the reason why he's still available and not signed with the team, is it's it's based mostly on money, I think. I think there's a small percentage of owners that don't want him, period. But I think he's still holding out hopes for a kind of a mid-level contract for a backup QB with a with the potential to go in and win a starting position. And that just might not be out there. So now he's got to be willing to accept... Uh, basically a certified backup role and the Seahawks have that available and for for one year and a million dollars or two million dollars with the option for a second year so the Seahawks have some upside if he blows up then we can trade him a year from now and actually get an asset I'd say let's do it mm. what so it's all about, uh, yeah it's all about the deal if it's right right money right terms um, I'm all for it what about RG3 same same thing you like RG3? Mm-hmm. You would take RG3? I, I think both of those quarterbacks, and I think this is where we're really in the driver's seat. When you think about RG3, you think about Kaepernick, um, they excelled in a read option offense. And that was considered the, the wave of the future and the innovative offense a few years ago. And now a lot of coordinators and uh, teams are just going away from that. And the Seahawks are one of the few that are still employing that offense to success, yeah. For I don't sure. think, I don't think other teams want to bring on somebody and design another playbook and uh, or set a plays around a guy that's going to be a backup. And it's if if they're not if they're not able to be a a, a proven pocket passer like Russell Wilson is and still have some read option traits, then it's just not worth it. And since those guys really haven't proven themselves as pocket passers, it kind of limits them to just functioning in an offense that ha- that is heavily read option. And so I think either one of them could fit well as a as a backup for Seattle. What do you think of that, Chisler? Oh, 
Oh, man. Okay. So, first off, I just have to start off with RG3. We can just take out our eraser and just scribble that name right out. Just exit out. That, that, or or that, you mean scribble his kneecap off. Yeah, exactly. That guy is uh, he's done for. You might as well call up Tim Tebow if you're going to call RG3. So, so is your book. issue... I'm sorry, is your issue just his ability or his injury history that concerns you, or both? Uh, I think it's his mental game is so bad because he puts himself in injuries harm. Like, he doesn't have the skills on the field to keep himself healthy. So whatever he's, you know, been through in the past, yeah, I don't think he's the same running quarterback he was that you know, rookie season by any stretch of the imagination. But I also don't even really feel like he's even uh, going to stay on the field if he comes in the game. I bet he, you know, if he gets in the game, he's out in the first quarter usually because he does All some right. dumb thing and gets blown up. Take it, Krusty. So, so okay, so I I agree with Centaur that regardless of which one of these two quarterbacks it is, it's all about money. That's, that's the whole thing with, with uh, Kaepernick. I agree. It's why he's not on a team. He wants too much money. Uh, no, definitely not. He wants 4 million is, is what I've read. That's been like kind of the, they were originally much higher than that, but that's what he's been asking for on a one year deal. And I agree. The most they've paid under Pete is, uh, the 1.48 that uh, Jackson got on the one-year deal he got. And that's what I would expect. I want like a 1, 1.25. And I think, uh, here's the thing, Chisler, to your point, I think RG3 is the best example of a player ruined by an organization and coaching that we've ever seen, maybe. Like, they just destroyed. They ruined that kid there. He was so mishandled and misused and miscoached and misled, and I think that he could come into your organization with no expectations, no pressure, and just learn. Let those he did guys... the same thing at the Browns, though. He blew himself up three times at the Browns after the Redskins. Dude, so. it's the Cleveland Browns. He went from a Redskins to the most dysfunctional. <laughs> he, he went to play for the it... Kardashians, dude. Like, <laughs> like That's what I'm saying. His whole career has been a dumpster fire of coaching and leadership. And he's played with terrible players, been on bad teams. Like, he, I mean, the Redskins were okay early with him. But I think he could come in and Pete is the type of guy that could turn RG3. Because here's the question, really. You don't even sign anybody unless you obviously think that the backup we have now can't win a playoff game. Because ultimately, that's what matters. Can your backup come in and win a playoff game? And yeah. okay, and I'll know why that's standard. If, if Russell goes out for the year in week two, we're effed. Like no backup is expected to win that many games. But can they come in and win a playoff game if they have to? And Dude, I think these guys are I, I so think an RG three. I think an RG three under Pete for like a year could do that. Now, I also agree that Kaepernick could do it and probably do it better. But I personally don't want Kaepernick. I I. It would hurt me as a fan if we signed Colin. What do you What do you think of that, Centaur? Um, so I like that Krusty put a threshold on what defines a good backup. To me, it isn't necessarily winning a playoff game. You know, if you're starting quarterbacks out and you're in, marching into the playoffs, you're going to be facing an elite team and and expecting a backup to 
to win you a playoff game, especially if it's on the road, mm. that's a tall order. To me, a good backup is someone that you can put in and can um, keep the team afloat for five, six games if something goes wrong and, um, you know, play 500 ball. So I wouldn't expect a guy that you're paying a million dollars to to come in and, and beat the Carolina Panthers or, or beat the Falcons or something uh, when, you know, if, if, if the doomsday scenario unfolds. Um, so, Krusty, you don't want Kaepernick, period. Is it due to the San Francisco 49ers tie or, ties or the kneeling for the anthem? No, I don't care about the kneeling for the anthem thing. That that is a non-factor for me. I don't. That doesn't bother me for one second. I don't care. I think it's stupid soap opera stuff that doesn't have anything to do with what's on the field, which is what I care about. So I just think he's not good. I just think Colin Kaepernick is not good. Now he's been good. That playoff game it was when he beat the Green Bay Packers was incredible. He's been good. And yeah, actually, his very last game was good against us. He came out in the first half of that last game last year and put it on us for half. But yeah, I, I mean, from a fan point, yes, he's just one of the guys I've disliked more than any other player in the NFL. So I just don't want Darth Vader on my team. Um, you know, I mean, that's a big part of it, too. Can I, I just don't a- think he's good. Can I throw out a crazy conspiracy theory and and stay with me because this is gonna this is gonna be out there a little bit, but just imagine the NFL was run like the NBA, okay? Yeah. And when I say the NBA, I mean where there's some very dubious officiating that goes on and matchups are kind of decided, and you know that the seven game series is gonna go to seven games because three or four games are gonna get thrown to extend the series and certain teams are gonna be elevated above others because of the market they play in or the superstars that are on that roster. We all at some level acknowledge that the NBA has had some of that in their history. Sure, sure, sure. For okay, sure. so NFL. Last year Ratings were down. It was a big storyline. Why are the ratings down in the NFL? And some of it is probably partially due to, to the protests and Kaepernick and things, things of that nature. So what happens if the Seahawks are marching along and about to you know, advance deep in the playoffs, possibly a Super Bowl berth, and Goodell is again seeing the NFL ratings plummeting, what happens? Does a conspiracy unfold and, and suddenly the, the refs are throwing flags and the Seahawks are basically excluded from the playoffs or excluded from advancing just so that the Packers or, or America's team can or the Cowboys can take oh, their I spot? Oh, I see what you're saying. So cons- just for conspiring ratings. against the Hawks. Conspiring against the Hawks. Because of Kaepernick on there and not wanting that to be a storyline for the two-week media spectacle you know, prior well, to the Super Bowl. Just throwing it out really, there. I don't really think that the whole, I mean, cap kneeling and stuff, I mean, I, I don't really have an issue with that as well. But I do have to say that I do understand how it works and how America works and how the whole NFL works. And I, and that first thought I was I had was like, well, that would be messy in Seattle. And that has nothing to do with what he did and, and what he believes in and what, it, what it's about. I don't care about that more or less than the fact that I know that it would be messy. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. And... I don't know. Like, I feel like 
if any team he could go to, it is Seattle because yeah. they're so open about things and they're really forward thinking. And I mean, even after you know last year, they they kind of stood behind him and they they came. They were one of the first people to really come out and say it, right? True, but no, definitely fact check that. True, but the times that there has been stuff, the times that there has been drama, Percy Harvin, um, the late Golden Tate time, uh, the. Uh, Michael Bennett. He's not dead. Stuff. He's but, not dead. No, but I'm just the saying. Late, like, the late I'm just saying, when, those, when those happen, when those happen, they are very Rest cancerous in, in the locker room, and it seems like it affects them a lot. And I just don't okay, want to bring well, a backup quarterback in that could yeah. be that kind of guy. Like I don't. He's not buy a cancer that, in the locker room. I don't he buy just won the locker just room award. And sit down and be a like he's won playoff games. He's not going to come just sit as a backup and be happy about it. Like I just. If if you're not focused on trying to get a backup who can win a playoff game, and I meant to pay big money for is what I meant. Like if you're gonna yeah. give a backup quarterback three million dollars, then he has to be able to win a playoff game. And I mean, is he even gonna get a job in the first place? I, I mean, don't, that's, that's I don't this point. think that Colin there's Kaepernick no backup can win out there game. who's more qualified to win that playoff game, Cressy. So it's like by your yeah. own standards, you're no, kind of like so, you've so painted my, yourself into a crazy no, no, corner. No, 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 no. So yeah. my point is. So He's my, definitely good. But my point is, is if then don't pay for that. Like don't have that. Don't have a backup, and then save two million dollars. Like just keep a your dude you have or someone that level. Pay him under one million dollars. Save two million dollars, and just accept you're not getting a playoff backup quarterback. But if you're dude, I think I think this could be the ultimate. And and Centaur touched on it briefly, but I think this could be the ultimate poker hand in that. You get Kaepernick on your team for $3 million, and then you flip him next year for as trade bait for something ridiculous, you know? Because if he ends up proving himself by some, you know, poor circumstances for Russell and the Seahawks, he's, he can go from a $3 million quarterback to a $20 million quarterback to somebody else. And you could, you know really take advantage of the market for uh, another team wanting a starter. And I think that might be the best play out there right now. You put him on your team on a one-year prove-it deal, which they've been, the Seahawks have been killing the one-year prove-it deals lately. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> They 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 did that with Bennett. They did that with Averill. They've done that with mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of guys. We'll see what happens with Jokel this year, but... Um, <laughs> So, so here's Put my Kaepernick question. Though. On a decent salary, prove it deal. And the thing I heard today was like, this is the first team that's really contacted him. And so I don't know if that's true or not. But if there really has been no interest in him because of either the price tag or the off the field stuff, then we come in, swoop up a total steal, like, and then flip him next year for something really you know, important because we're going to be facing a huge cap crunch. Um, They're already talking about cap crunch right now. And that's why Richard Sherman's on the trading block. That's why think people we like are not going to be on the team next year uh, is money. And if we can kind of turn it around and so we have some money in the bank, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Everyone's projecting that they're going to have like 9 million under the cap once they do their mandatory cuts. And he always likes to keep two million for uh, practice squad guys and just like things that right, might happen. Right, right. So that gives you seven million. So you can put 
It's just deciding how much of that you want to put towards a backup quarterback, I guess. And rather think than of, something else. Think of this scenario. Just just to like, now that we're just, you you know, Centaur brought up the whole uh, conspiracy. Just think of this happens. They sign cap, okay, at $3 million. Season's going along. Some random thing happens to Russell where he's, he's hurt. He's out for the season. So cap comes in. He starts winning games. They get to the playoffs. They win the playoffs. They get to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl with Cap, he, with amazing numbers, and he's solid. Offseason comes. Now it's turning around. It's like, wait a minute. Do we want to keep Russell or do we want to keep Cap? Is that even a See, possibility? See, that's where I think that's where Seattle's also a great fit because they're not getting rid of Russell. You know, Russell yeah. has solidified his spot, even if that Definitely. were the case. And that would be the not, ul- yeah. that would be the ultimate scenario of how they could flip him for something of value to another yeah. team. They would still flip him. But so you don't need Russell Wilson to get injured and Kaepernick to come in and play well for six games. I mean, Russell Wilson only plays a couple series in the preseason, you know. And if Kaepernick comes in as the backup and looks incredible, and then just sits the rest of the year on the bench and is. Uh, a good teammate and doesn't make waves. Mm-hmm. And if you have him for a two-year contract, you can absolutely move him. Maybe not, not for something huge, but you know, a second-round pick, a third-round pick yeah. to a team that that, that wants that. And Dude, that's, that's the biggest thing. In the world. Maybe, he gets, maybe right. he gets like maybe he gets like three or four drives and blowouts. You know, like closing yeah. where he's just handing off, or maybe like throws one pass or something. But he just looks good. You know, yeah. It's a pretty picture. I think you can paint the same pretty picture with RG3. I do too. I have All right. no and, doubt that they're so different. They are so different. RG3 but, cannot but, make decisions on the field. That's what it is. That's because, what, you, that's what your job is. Because he hasn't had good coaching. I'm oh, telling man. you. I have they watched can him fix enough. him in a heartbeat. Dude. No, no. Well, you can't fix his knee, that's for sure. He's got problems. Oh, he's right hurt. There. Yeah, he's, I mean, that's the issue, but... I mean, Kaepernick's if the whole hurt, thing is you want him to be a I mean, dual threat, he's not a dual threat. He has he's not got he's not accurate and he can't. Neither run. is Kaepernick. So your, Kaepernick can't throw it, dude. He oh has gotten, God, the stats the stats don't even back that up, dude. He's gotten uh, so much worse. His accuracy has gone way down. Yeah. Except for that very his, last game, he played great. His in that weapons, very last game. his weapons his in accuracy, San Francisco no, were his terrible. His accuracy was a hot mess, dude. He got okay, benched because he, he was bad on the field. He got benched because he was bad on the field. When he had weapons, he was decent. When he had Harbaugh <laughs> in his corner as a cheerleader, he was decent. And if exactly. Here, so, what was that? He, he, would, have, have he would have he would have he would have coaching. cheerleaders here. He would have the people in his corner here. Okay, so, he would so have Chisler, weapons. Oh, hold yeah. on, uh, Kaepernick had an abysmal year last year, and he played for Chip Kelly, who made Nick Foles look like a Hall of Famer. So I mean, he Kaepernick was, was like had a soldier shoulder surgery. He was and bad. Was a hundred pounds. He was not even the same guy. Yeah, he was no, like he, he was like a he lost weight and, and he had an injury. Like. I mean, look, Chisler, you're make. I mean, he he had injuries. He had coaching issues. He had turnover. He had you know a poor roster around him. I he think had you to can play make- for Tom Sula one year. Come on, Tom Sula. <laughs> but you can say all those same <laughs> things about RG three. Exactly. So Except guys, for when I've seen both of them play, like one person still looks like a football player and one person looks like a deer in the headlights. I, I would rather have Kaepernick of the two, but I don't think it's this chasm between where they're at. and I would take RG3 on a minimum deal only. 
League minimum. I wouldn't pay him anything. I would pay Kaeper- Kaepernick $3 million easily. $3 is way too much. They'll never pay that much for a... It's Paul Allen funny money. It doesn't even no, matter. It's cap- no, it's, it's not. Cap- it's cap it's money. A, cap Everyone money. has it's the same amount. It's a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. You can find a way to you can find a way to do that. You can find a way to do that. You, I mean, they do it every. They restructure contracts all the time to make things happen, don't they? I guess I. I would rather have the money to sign like a free agent or someone for five million dollars. Like I want last year. Last year they wouldn't bring back Clint Gresham. The long tenured long snapper who was as reliable mistake. as yeah. hell, and they went with Nolan Freeze, who botched about every third snap and was oh, a disaster man. to save like four hundred thousand dollars on the cap. And okay, this year so they yeah. did that same thing with Hauschka, which was a huge mistake. Blowing, well, we'll letting Hauschka go was Blair was totally Walsh is crap. a good kicker, dude. Dude, Blair we'll Walsh be fine. Kickers always move around. I mean, that's just how it goes. That's that's their job. Is they they get hot for a couple of years and they start to go sour a little bit and they got to move on because it gets in their head. They're all a heady. I'm not that impassioned about it, but I am just I am just because he's a backup. You know, I'm not going to get yeah. all out of yeah. shape about it because he's just going to be a backup. And it's like okay, we might he might not even play. But I think that there could be if you're going to say oh it's three million cap this year. I'm saying. Oh, that three million cap this year could be something equal, if not better, next year. Five years control on a rookie is pretty awesome for somebody in a second round draft pick or something. That's it. To be honest, that's worth fifteen million. You know, so in the long run, I guess I I, would, I so just think I think the, I think Boykin's not that terrible. I guess and of a backup quarterback. Uh, they must, though, I guess. They must not be happy with oh, him. Oh, man. I, think I remember he's okay. you texting me. They already, you remember they already you texting cut me the last year. UDFA guy. Did you see that? Trusty. Oh, go ahead, Solo. No, I was just going to say, I remember you texting me last year during the game when Russell got hurt, and we were like, dude, we got to put in Boykin. And you were like, oh, man, Boykin is this, that bad. He's so bad that they would rather play a hurt Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were saying that <laughs> no, all year. True, you were like, I'd rather getting... play Russell Wilson with no feet and one hand. And, <laughs> that's more and because. Spina wait, no, bifida. That's, that's, that's much more because of who Russell Wilson is. I just believe what it. What I mean is, is you just said that you didn't think Boykin was all that bad. No, going into this year, I mean, he had a year to learn and develop and another offseason to learn. And like, get I, busted smoking weed. And yeah, he, I well, think, he got, yeah, he's gotten into trouble, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I guess honestly, I'm not, not going to defend, Boy- defend Boykin. I'm not going to defend Boykin. I don't care. I just mean a you cheap, just, think it's a just a cheaper guy. Like, I don't, I just don't like spending that much money on a backup quarterback. So, Centaur and... Chisler both think it's not a bad idea to get cap. And Centaur loves RG3 as well, but Chisler's not in RG3. And Krusty, you're standing by, you don't like any of them at all. No, I I agree with Centaur that I think both of them could be very successful. Like, I, 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 Kaepernick could be okay. I think RG3 would be better under Pete, long term. Wow. All right. Well, this is we'll good. But as a good fan. Debate. But as yeah. a fan, yeah. I don't want Kaepernick. Like, just as a fan. Purely as a fan. As a, as a fan, want, I don't want... I don't want to have to root for Darth Vader. I don't really think of him as, like... I don't see it like that for some reason. That I mean, whole thing changed last year. Yeah. It did. It, it changed a couple for me, years too. Ago. I didn't feel that anymore. Not for me. Harbaugh and him will always be number one and number two for me. 
After we destroyed mm. them, and then after Ricardo Lockett had his neck injury, and you know, you're like, oh, they're you know, Ricardo Lockett and Kaepernick are like best friends and all this stuff. I don't know. It all kind of like started to uh, become, become less they're- of a rivalry <laughs> and become more of yeah. He he became more of a, a human. I feel like. Through through yeah. all this last few years, I mean, we did destroy their team, and so it would be pretty crazy to say, "Oh, we've broke you to the point that you're now our backup." <laughs> <laughs> See that that would be actually oh, quite poetic. That's right crazy. There. You know what? You, you just know, fast Rusty, may, Maybe this will make you happy. Maybe Kaepernick is done. Let's just say that that's the case. We bring him in for one last shot. Just so we can cut him and officially win his life. <laughs> <laughs> that would be worth three million. <laughs> Do you pull oh. a math win on him, like give him the money, yeah, right. but then let him go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, I think we, right before I think we've covered right this. before week one of preseason. Yeah. Like, well, I'm serious. Off to all the offseason work and. <laughs> I'll Training go on the record. Oh, has a great preseason I'm too. On, has an amazing I'm preseason. I'm on board now. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I'll go anyway, on. I'll go well, on record guys. as saying I would rather have Tim Tebow than RG three. <laughs> yeah. And Seriously. I hate Tim Tebow. The Tim same Tebow's reason you hate baseball right now. Kaepernick, right? Isn't he playing for the Mets like Triple A or something? Yeah, yeah. he's playing baseball now. <laughs> he got a home run his first hit or something like that. I watched it on. Uh, well, they covered it on ESPN. It's very much like Jordan playing a. Yeah, but what they play, did when he went played baseball. What they didn't cover is that he's not a good hitter. No, he's not good because he hit a home run, he, but then he went like zero for forty or something right after that. Yeah, he's not gonna go. Do you um, guys think anyway. that Kaepernick? Wait, I'm gonna hit on this one more time. Okay, do you think <laughs> that he's a starting QB or a no. backup QB? Backup. I don't think he'll he, ever start again. I'm not saying like will he or won't he, but I well, think I there's think what, plenty. I think there's plenty of starting QBs who are worse than him. True, but what what does it say that 31 teams aren't willing to give him a shot? Like not even take it a look. It says that there's a bunch like of not, in, not even invite him in idiots. for a workout. Yeah, there's a bunch of corrupt idiots who run these teams. Yeah, I mean, 31, so, 31 I like teams. Yeah. If that, I mean, I don't know that that's even true. That nobody's inviting him for workouts or that's nobody what wants his him. agent reported. I think what the the thing is is that people are waiting for their uh, Teddy Bridgewater injury to happen, and then they'll go pick him up, and you know he'll be the best thing since sliced bread to them at that point, and they'll, they'll know that the money's worth it. Uh, but right now, they don't know that the money's worth it. Which is why you get him, and you hope that someone's legitimate starter goes down, and if Kaepernick looks, looks, yeah, yeah, if he looks good in the first two or three preseason games, then then maybe you launch him then, and well, ship him and off to Minnesota. That, if you do I'm, get a first I'm, I'm all for that for sure. If, yeah. if if they do it, then they gotta play him a ton in preseason. Well, why not? Russell's got yeah, three injuries last year. Yeah. We we know what Russell can do, dude. There's no point in playing and Russell all preseason. And they have to have him fixed mentally and ready to go by the pre. Like he has to come out hot. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll see how it all unfolds. Definitely in the next few months. I mean, whether or not he gets signed or not. I mean, it has been fun to follow this this story. But let's switch gears and like. The last episode we talked about our favorite um, Seahawks moment, which moment, which was very fun actually. I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, thought we, 
I think we started with our favorite Mariner moment, but then Centaur had the point of saying, how about we talk about our least favorite Mariner of all time, which is even more fun, because at this point, let's face it, there's way more low lights and highlights when we talk about the end. <laughs> it's a long list, yeah. I, mean, I, wanna, still... I can't wait to hear Krusty's 45. <laughs> I'm still like my fond memory. It, my fond memory is Ken Griffey Jr. sliding into home in the Kingdom and and when smiling and, and getting them into the playoffs against uh, the Yankees or beating the Yankees, right? And get, getting into the, uh, I think they were they were they made it into the pennant champ in the uh, ALCS. They won the AL West, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that was like I'm still thinking of that memory. I don't know that was like. 37 years ago or something like that. So sense. There was that one season, too. They won 106 games or something like that, and I was living in New York. That was a crazy season. But um, for the most part, like, there were so many players that we can talk about, and I have a fond memory. Um, but I don't want to start with me because I want to start with my favorite one-person deal, Krusty. I want to hear his favorite least Least 37 players. <laughs> least favorite. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm him. actually going to do only one. Um, mm. but, uh, because Centaur and I are both dads, uh, I want to share one memory or one Seahawk moment that isn't about a least favorite player. Uh, I think the rarest, other than maybe Randy Johnson's baseball killing that bird, I think the, the, <laughs> the least statistically possible thing that has ever happened in baseball is a father and son hitting back to back home runs. Which is what oh, Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. did. Yeah. And I gotta say now as a dad, like I think on that, like that's the best moment <laughs> you could ever have in your life as a father. Like that's just like like just Next oh. to actually having the yeah, kid. Next to, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wait, once your kid's alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an incredible I remember that. That was fun. I it mean, because Griffey was like it was amazing. He was like nineteen years old or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matter just just fact, to play my, pro ball with your son is an incredible. My brother thought. was telling me he was. Um, my brother was playing. He played senior legion baseball at that time, and they were over in Idaho or something like that. And uh, I can't remember. They were doing some tournament, and they were like, they were going. He said they went to go see someone play, and they're like, "We got to go see this kid play. It's Ken Griffey Jr.'s son. He's like ridiculous, or not Ken Griffey Jr.'s son, Junior." They were like, "This this guy is ridiculous. We got to go watch him." And he said they went. I believe he went four for four with like all home runs. And it was something like crazy like that. He was he was insanely good when he was a kid, and then just went right into the pros. Yeah, and we, we saw what he did. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, he is now. So, and they got the statue out front, which is kind of cool. And yeah, we definitely we, we could still do, live in that, right? We could I saw do, that statue. Yeah, it's cool. We could mm. definitely do an entire episode about Ken Griffey Jr. We we all were just like the perfect age. For Ken Griffey Jr.'s yeah, career. Yeah, it was. You know? I, like, just I the perfect age. Chisler's uh, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card upper deck, which everybody had at, at that time. Yeah, <laughs> but I it? took it to the extra level. I was at a game at the Kingdom, and I walked to oh. the front row of the seats of the bleachers, and Ken Griffey Jr. started walking down the aisle signing autographs. And I pulled out my upper deck rookie card and my Sharpie pen, and I handed it right to the man. And he took it, and oh, he signed that's it. that's so cool. And he gave it back that. to me, and he gave it back to me, and I have that thing in a box and a case and a frame and a thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's the one, it's literally the one baseball card I still have. Oh, that's awesome, <laughs> wow. dude. That's so, so cool. I actually... 
One of my favorite moments was going to a game, and it, and it's it's funny. This is very crusty esque, but it wasn't even about the Mariners. It was watching Fernando Venezuela pitch when they played the Dodgers. It, it was like one of those moments because he was so famous. At least to me, he was, um, and he had such an interesting windup. And I, it was really, it really meant a lot when I, as a kid, it was like very influential on me just watching him oh. do his thing. And, um. And then I believe he retired quickly after that. I, I mean, I saw a lot of amazing things happen in that really shitty place called the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. And speaking of shitty things that happened in the Kingdom, um, my <laughs> least favorite player, or just the, it's really more of like, I think it stems from the worst trade ever, in my opinion. Uh, but it's just Heathcliff Slocum. I mean, oh yeah. You just Come you on. gotta you gotta what was he thirty one? You got a thirty one year old just pile of garbage for and you gave up Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek. Yeah, who, who ended up who went together to win a World Series? Yeah. <laughs> so the Seattle Mariners basically won a World Series for Boston. And yeah, and I was sharing this before you hopped on, Krusty, but this may be totally apocryphal, but there's an urban legend out there that when the trade was being negotiated, the Mariners asked for either Derek Lowe or Veritek, and the Mariners misunderstood and said, yeah, you can have them both. Oh! And, and I, who I knows if know it's that. true or not? I believe it. Well, who knows if it's true, but the thing is, you can't rule it out. That's how inept oh, and yeah, exactly. they I believe were. It. <laughs> that's you that's can't amazing. It wow. It probably is. It is probably isn't true, but it's like no. And we, it, it's so it's so amazing that we could believe that being real because yeah. <laughs> of how bad it, they, it fits how many their, fits their uh, pattern totally. My my For least sure. favorite player is uh, is Kevin Mitchell. I don't know if you guys oh, remember yeah. this, but I looked it up because I don't even remember. But they traded. Uh, Is he one of the Giants? Yeah. Like, yes. Mitchell and yeah. Bonds and whatever that era. He was yeah. Well, he was with Bonds. I mean, no, it was Mitchell Will was Clark. the '89. It was like Will Clark yeah. and Matt Williams. Yep. And Mitchell was '89 uh, MVP. He had like most home runs, slugging, RBIs, hits. I mean, he was on fire. He was a huge player at one point. And uh, yeah, the Mariners traded. Uh, Three guys, David Burba, Michael Jackson, Bill Swift. I don't really remember any of those guys. Four, Kevin Mitchell and uh, Mike Reminger. But the point is, is like, even at that point, I think a lot of people knew that Kevin Mitchell was, wasn't as good as he was. And I remember going to a game, like, pretty excited about it for some reason, thinking, okay, this is going to be the team now. This guy's going to lead us. And uh, you know how that trip is from Ellensburg over there. It's a long ways when you're like seventh grade or whatever, eighth grade. It was like a Babe Ruth. We're gonna go watch the. We're gonna watch the Mariners. You you drive over on a weeknight and you park in that really shitty parking lot way out there, like four miles away. Mm-hmm. You walk mm-hmm. in the rain. You go all the way there. You have to go like on the, finally, up the concrete staircase yeah. or you know yeah. <laughs> surrounding walkways up and up. Yeah. And up. And then you, yeah, and then you go out and, you know, when you watch baseball on TV, you're, you're watching, like, Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium and, and, and the, the Cubs. It's, like, this beautiful outdoor parks with grass and, like, all this history. You go to the Kingdom, you're watching, like, you're basically at the Sun Dome in Yakima. I mean, it was, like, they're playing on concrete, like we were talking about. It was about. so dark in there, I remember. Don't, don't. It was so dark. It was, like, invisible. 
players. The coolest, the coolest thing, the coolest thing in the kingdom was don't insult, don't insult the Sun Dome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the the coolest thing in the kingdom was the huge, huge McDonald's like banner on the left field wall. I don't know if you guys remember that thing. It was just this massive McDonald's ad. Um, was really bright looking, but I just remember going to see Kevin Mitchell and uh, he went zero for four, all strikeouts, all swinging, and didn't <laughs> didn't even touch the ball, like didn't even hit a foul ball. Zero for four. It was just it, like at one point, like bases loaded, struck him out. You know, he just didn't, he didn't do yeah. anything, and I was like, wow, that really blew it for me. Well, and <laughs> you know. He was just so unappealing to look at because he was like 5'8 and literally 300 pounds, looked horrible in the uniform, didn't look like he wanted to be there, and he didn't even give us like the one-handed, bare-hand catch running over his shoulder like he did for the Giants. We didn't even have one of those plays to look back on, so I'm I'm with you, Solo. Yeah. What about you, Chisler? Yeah, <clears throat> so I don't. I, there's a lot of dark years of Mariner history that I don't really know, but I collected baseball cards in 1990 and 1991, and so all, <clears throat> all my true baseball knowledge comes from 1990 and 1991. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, bring it up. Where I can, where I know team, teams and players and all that. So my my uh, least favorite Mariner harkens back to that the time. And I remember it specifically, like like you all. It was it stems from a an encounter at the stadium at the King, at the Kingdom. I went with a bunch of Boy Scouts <clears throat> to a game. We were in the nosebleeds, way high up there. But uh, there was some really rowdy rowdy drunks behind us, and <laughs> and I grew up Mormon, and I was with the Mormon Boy Scouts, so. <laughs> rowdy, dr- rowdy drunks were a foreign object to me. Foreign, uh, completely something I wasn't used to. So this guy behind was yelling trash talk the whole game, <laughs> and as- eventually, I got worn down to the point where I was like laughing at everything that this guy said, <laughs> even though even though I wasn't supposed to because he was being totally crass. But uh, so my <clears throat> least favorite Mariner is Dave Valley, the catcher. Dave Valley. Oh. <laughs> I love Dave Valley. Who, who could catch the ball. <clears throat> I will say he could catch, but his batting average was right around 150 to 175 or whatever, maybe 200 at, at his best season or something. So he was never a statistical wonder by any means. But anyway, so this guy, rowdy, drunk behind me, says, and it just burned in my mind. He says, <laughs> Dave Valley, I wipe my ass with your rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, I have that rookie card, dude. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> then I was like going home oh, looking in my awesome. Beckett price guide. What what is Dave Valley's rookie card worth? <laughs> oh, three cents. You know, it's a common. <laughs> Can oh, we, man. Can we touch on that for just a second? When you think of like all the industries that no longer exist, <laughs> travel Beanie agents, babies. For, for instance, Beanie Babies. Oh, my God. What about, what about baseball cards and card shops? Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. There, there is no such thing anymore. My my son's 11. He has no interest in baseball cards or, or cards of any kind of nature. Not even Pokemons or uh, any no, of that none stuff? Of that. Okay. None of okay. that. Okay. 
And it was like a thriving industry back in the day with oh, price was, guides. Well, and, you're, I you're, loved you're, it. Centaur, your son's cool. Because uh, trust me, in my work, I see a lot of boys that still like hearts. <laughs> and, but they're not Pokemon. Pokemon's like 10 years ago. They're into all kinds of stuff I can't even pronounce now, but they're all card games like that. I think Chisler plays all those card games. <laughs> Carcassonne and Dominion. Well, no, those are, those are board games. I play Carcassonne. That's oh. a great well, so hey, I don't uh, know. A little side would, note. would either of you guys, or would any, any of you guys, wipe your butt with a rookie card? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, I was talking about toilet paper a couple episodes ago. Yeah, that's, thinking, that that sounds you, painful to me. I'm thinking, as yeah, was, that's that's a step up from one ply, but it's maybe not better than paper towel. I don't well, think. Well, so. if, oh, yes. if it was a tops, I could see it because it's kind of cardboard stock. <laughs> but my upper deck was upper deck was glossy. You know, oh, you're not, yeah. it's, it's just, just a hologram yeah. on there. <laughs> You could use it as a shaver, maybe. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Little side note: I don't want to. I don't want to blow anybody up here. We won't say names, but I actually that story you said, Chisler, remind me of this time. I believe Centaur, you went to a game with your old roommate. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And he was like the whole time, like we were those guys. Well, he yeah, was that guy. You he sucked was. You and there's like ten year olds in front of you. I mean, that's yeah, what's he's so dropping crazy. Like f bombs. Yeah. He's dropping f bombs the whole time. Yeah. And, and, and finally, the father turns around. Would you mind not saying f in front of my kids? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I go to the games now, and I'm like, I you know, I think about taking my mitt, or I think about all these. You know, I want to catch the, that. I want to catch the foul <laughs> ball and all that stuff, but. You know, I guess it probably harkens back to that time when we went to uh, training camp for the Seahawks uh, yeah. Centaur. Yeah. I, I And we were trying to get these autographs and whatnot, and I had this revelation. I'm like, I don't need this anymore in my life. I don't need the foul ball. I'm not going to put it in my closet. I'm not going to worship it. You know, mm. if I did get it, if I got the autograph or I got the foul ball, I would just reach over and give it to the kid next to me. You know, that I think that's an interesting evolution. I don't have kids, so it's it's like having that revelation uh, was kind of meaningful, you know, in a way. Like, oh, I, yeah, I'm, well, I've outgrown the kind of that level of fandom. I don't think these people are superhuman anymore. Now I see them as professional athletes. And, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, and ironically, it was literally on your 39th birthday you came to that realization. <laughs> He's he, he, 38, but I'll only get away with that. Because <laughs> after he, after I, after he forearmed 20 kids to get to the front, to get, <laughs> no, I did get to, to the get front. I did call realized. out their names, but then when they got to the line to sign the autographs, I was like, uh, "Do it for the kid. It's not for me." <laughs> you realize that's when you realize you're like, after I accidentally well, I was there. closed were, line to five year old. You were wondering about getting your shirt autographed and whether, like, if you just put the back of your shirt up to the line of players coming by, if they'd sign it and you kind of debated it internally and then you're like all right they're not gonna sign for me they're barely signing for kids and i mean it was a begrudging admission to yourself oh, that you don't oh, need this oh, anymore it was, it was. no no you, you you got to the right point don't get me wrong you, i don't want to take that away from you completely but it was a little... you say you watched me evolve i see, I see. yeah <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, that was a good talk. I, oh, so hold on. I I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't jump in with my least favorite Mariner. Oh, that's right. Um, least favorite sorry, of all time, Eric Bedard. 
Yes. Uh, and yes. there's so many facets so, so many facets to it. We made a horrible one-sided trade as per usual. Such a bad trade. Um, <laughs> such a bad traded trade. traded five players for Bedard, including Adam Jones, who ended up becoming Adam one of the Jones. best players in baseball. Chris oh. Tillman, mm-hmm. who's also an all-star. George Sherrill, who was our our good setup, you know, kind of eighth inning left-handed reliever at the time. I mean, just just gave up way too much. Bedard didn't want to come here. He had a long history of injuries and, of course, was injured his entire time here. When they were able to get him onto the mound, he'd call it quits after five innings and 100 pitches and just say he's done. Um, so horrible attitude, never talked to the media, basically hated Seattle, hated hated everything about being a Mariner and being on the team and being in the city and let it let it show and was surly and uh, and played horrible the entire time he was here. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I changed mine. I changed mine. I changed mine to Eric Bedard. <laughs> I remember. Oh, I, I, I'm upset in my stomach thinking about Eric Bedard. And for some reason, like I think we had him initially on a two year deal, and then they kept re-signing him for these incentive laden like one year deals that you know had a low base, and just hoping that okay, he's finally going to break through. I mean, he never wanted to be here. We were the only team that kept, for whatever reason, trying to force this marriage of convenience or weirdness or you know i think it's because they traded so much to get him they just, just had to say yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, they were they were they were coaching for their jobs dude yeah it's just well, all awful. those guys lost all their jobs i mean when, how many gms did they go through after that i mean exactly i mean i don't even know what's going on i mean only in the last three years it seemed like something is going on but before that it was kind of like but is it but is disastrous. it so when I you don't. say they traded like <laughs> five guys no, wait, 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 wait wait go back to this Adam Jones thing so like how do you how did they get in that position where they trade somebody who ends up being so good eventually really were, were they yeah, really were they bad. young Seattle's known really for doing bad that I feel like evaluation Really bad talent evaluation. Or were the guy no, were the I guys also, young or something? Was it one of these like well, oh pr- these are proven guy and this these guys aren't? Or? No, Adam Jones was a triple A. He was going to make his. He was going to be their starting left fielder splash. that year. Yeah, big yeah, splash. He, he, yeah, so he, was they traded him in, in his rookie year, and he was a bona fide blue chip prospect. So he was the centerpiece of the trade. George Sherrill was their existing left-handed setup guy in the bullpen. He was a good piece. And then the other guys, they got like uh, <coughs> Cam McColio, who was a, a 6'9 reliever who had a ton of upside. They traded three other pitchers that had a ton of upside, and one of them actually did end up making all-star teams, Chris Tillman, who's still in the majors. Yeah, and yep. So uh, it, it was just bad all the way around. I mean, but you I could mean, argue that... It would have been the worst trade ever, maybe, even if it was just Adam Jones for Eric Bedard one-to-one. You can still up, say it's probably still the worst trade they've ever made. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... Yeah. It's like it's up there. It's top five they, for they, sure. They didn't think they were rebuilding at the time or something? They thought they needed no, this they, guy who was... Because that sounds exactly opposite they, of what you would well, do if you so were rebuilding. Here's the they deal. thought they, they were had, contenders. They, had they a thought really they were good, contenders. They had a really okay. good pitching staff. And they wanted to add Bedard and become, like, invincible, right? Like, they thought that, that well, they had a, a good pitching staff. And they thought Eric Bedard would make them playoff good. And that's what we all were so excited for, right? I mean, you tried to get on board and say, oh, you know, at the start at least, and say, hey, all right, this is good. we're going to be so dope on the pitching staff. And it, not from day one, it was a disappointment. 
they they finished like 500 the year before, and so they had this hope that they were close to the playoffs, and they thought Bedard yeah they were could on the brink. Okay, put them over the top and you know give them a, a bona fide you know a starter to pair with Felix, and if you know we all saw how it played out. Well, that's why I was so excited about that because that season, I mean, that's that. I don't know if you remember this Chisler, but it was. We were living in New York when they got Bedard, and I was like so stoked. That got that's when MLB.tv kind of came out, and I was like, I barely had a computer even strong enough to get that. And I was like, I'm getting it. And I was like watching games every night, and you were like not into it. We were like playing Halo or something. You're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like it was like seriously. I believe I think Bedard won the first his first game. We're like, here we go. It's on. Bedard won. This is gonna be it. And because he was their starter. <laughs> This is before Felix being the main guy, right? It was Bedard. And then next thing you know, it's like a month goes by. I didn't resubscribe that second <laughs> month. I'm not even joking. It was one month of like, wow, they're horrible. Well, this he is, poisoned the whole the team. Like, they all yeah. quit. He and was they such were horrible a, for 10 years. They brought him over to, to get him to the playoffs and have some. He was a terrible dude. Of, He wasn't a leader. He was just a surly jackass. And he the was, whole team hated him. And they he all He was quit. Ryan Leaf. That's who he yeah. was. Good way, yeah. Good way to characterize it. Yeah. And okay. Now, so here, nobody... I want to cha- hold on. I want to challenge something, or talk, or not even challenge it necessarily. But uh, I want to. I want to ask you, Solo. You said that at least the last couple, three years, or whatever, that it feels like something's happening. And I gotta say, does it? I mean, does it really? Because, I mean, again, I've to like, me, I, that's what that's like what we, the Bedard didn't we already attitude. have this exact conversation. We've had this conversation. <laughs> okay, I don't want to okay, talk about fine. it. All right. Fine. <laughs> We know what it is. It's like I've been able to watch it to the end of the season. I'm not saying they're winning okay, in playoff games, you. but I've you. actually been able. Usually, they're not even in contention at all. So, so last year was like they look like they're having fun sometimes. Yeah, it's well, fun to watch. Actually, so, the games so, are fun. Oh, sorry, I'm uh, crusty. I would just say, and it's very early, but it looks like the Mariners were on the other side of a Bedard trade. Like we just traded Taiwan Walker who was mm-hmm. kind of a head case and inconsistent. Yeah. And we got Mitch Hanniger, who looks unreal. And we got yeah. Segura, who looks unreal. It's and, true. <laughs> that, that, that's so, very true. And, you know, the pitching staff is totally decimated right now, and, and their season might be shot <clears throat> just because of how the last three weeks have played out. But you, you can't fault the the management for the trade that they pulled oh, no, off. Oh, no, no, no. Looks no. Like it's for sure. A, they made a well, good That, that was genius. my huge point in this conversation was – the whole ownership change kind of set a sea change with the general manager and then the the uh, skipper. So those are positive yeah. aspects, whether or not everything. That's all I'm saying. All Chris, the field yeah, yeah. I got you. Good. I got you. I feel they it, haven't so. won a they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. All right. So calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your bandwagon is is it's, it's driving up the street. Just, to, just hold need, on. They don't need. I don't need a World Series. You know what I want. I don't need a World Series. Yeah. Anyways, so the other day, I wait, was wait, wait, down what, the wait, wait. What about Alex Rodriguez? <laughs> Nobody's gonna say anything oh, about Alex Rodriguez. He was amazing. He was so good. You guys don't. He's not the least uh, favorite. I mean, that would be. That's just no, because he was too good, dude. He was he too was good a, he, before before he became a bad a jackass. Yeah. Or even or even in spite of that, he just played too good. He was amazing mm-hmm. baseball player. I thought people and hated him because he left the city. Like he it kind of they did when he in left. A, in a yeah, dump. But he was too good. He left as but, a villain. He left as a villain. Yeah, yeah. 
but he was a leader while he was here, and mm-hmm. single, you know, Griffey left, and he he got him to the playoffs, um, and certainly lived up to everything <clears throat> we you would want in a Mariner, and Texas offers him two hundred and fifty two million dollars. Yeah, two hundred fifty. What are you yeah. gonna do? You yeah. know, yeah. of course they you're offered him take like one hundred and forty or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean no, no he signed for two fifty. He's he signed. I know, but I'm saying no. Oh, like, Mariner, yeah, Mariner, like, yeah. They're like, we'll yeah. give you one forty. He's like, yeah, they're giving me two fifty. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't hate on a guy for that. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then he right. played there for a couple years, and the Yankees took him. So I mean, he did exactly what he did for himself. I mean, yeah, he was too he good. Was selfish, Actually, he was sure. too good. But he yeah. was. I mean, do you blame him? I would do the same thing. Yeah. Any day of the week, I guarantee you'd do the same. Exactly. He got a World Series ring. He's fine. And he's dating Madonna now or something like that, right? Or, or no, uh, J-Lo. Uh, J-Lo. Yeah. Anyway, let's get off sports for a second. Let's just end it with some fun talk here. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, w- I was walking down the street the other day, and this is maybe my age or our age, I should say, even though we're not that old, but it's definitely feeling like I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not in my early 20s. <laughs> and I'm walking along. And this is Brooklyn right now, and this day and age is hilarious. Uh, I always look over to Holly, and I go, hey, look at this guy. And she'll look across the street, and she's like, which one are you looking at? Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, I'll be looking a at the guy. Show. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be looking at the guy wearing, like, a clown suit and, like, <laughs> Like suspenders with like the big the big, the big red shoes, but then right next to him is like just a normal guy wearing like a really low cut tank top with like high waisted jeans and like flip flops, you know. <laughs> and it's just this constant back and forth. She does the same thing to me. She's like, "Whoa, look what that girl's wearing." Look across the street, and I'm like, "I don't even know who you're looking at, what you're talking about right Gotta now." Got to narrow it down. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. Is it the same in uh, in Seattle right now? Oh my God, Seattle is so different. <laughs> Seattle, you go, what is that person wearing? And it's, <clears throat> oh, they're all wearing a North Face. Yeah, the exact same vest, <laughs> and they all have like rain Russell shoes on, and they all have a a hood, a hooded coat. Yeah, it's like it's the exact opposite. There's nobody oh, out really? here doing anything extravagant <laughs> whatsoever. It's like completely. Mundane. So if, if someone was world. wearing a clown suit and you said, "Look at that guy," that would be sticking out. That would for be sure. the guy. Oh, yeah. He'd be the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could point <laughs> them out. I kind of remember though uh, when I went to college in Seattle, like Capitol Hill was pretty in- in- interesting. There were some characters up there for sure. Going down Broadway. Yeah, I guess I haven't been to Capitol Hill in three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, Capitol Hill now is like basically like downtown Seattle. It's, it's like super totally not bougie. It used to be. It's super, yeah, yeah everything is really expensive up there actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can I uh, yeah, can I jump in with another uh, crusty yeah. brewery recommendation for our listeners? Or listener. Mm. I think we might be up to two listeners now, by the way. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so, I don't know how many people have uh, gone you up to the You can't count your dad, dude. You can't count <laughs> your dad. That's <laughs> What's up, dad? What's up, dad? So, uh, no, but, uh, so, <laughs> I don't know how many people have made the trip up to Bellingham, Washington recently, uh, but very quietly, Bellingham, Washington has become one of the dopest beer cities in America. They have so many good breweries, like just so many good breweries, old, really old ones that have been very established and great for a long time, like Boundary Bay. 
But there's also a new one that's called Aslan Brewing. And it is really, really good. Uh, Real fair, good food, and just really dialed in good beer. Everything I've had there I love. What did you guys have up there? Um, I don't know, but it's in my fridge right now. I can go grab some if you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's yeah. To me. Yeah, it's, no, we were we were there. Yeah, yeah. It's we it's a up. it's a great place. And then also, uh, you know, Pilsner is kind of a love hate uh, type of beer for people who love beer because it's kind of like Budweisery, Lagery. You know, so some hoppy heads don't like to drink Pilsner, whatever. But a really true good Pilsner is a hoppy, beautiful beer just as much as an IPA or pale ale. Um, and I think the best Pilsner that you I've ever drank is Chuckanut Pils, which is oh Chuckanut, nice. Which is from Bellingham as well. So I, I can't, yeah, I can't recommend going up to to to. Uh, there is more so awesome. Love Bellingham and the beer scene up. How there about now. this one right here? Have you heard of this this IPA? Yep, Oscar Blues. Yep, Oscar Blues. Hey, from, should uh, we? Can we do this? No, it's free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's batch batch fifteen crusty with Aslan. Oh that's, yes. that was my favorite. Yeah. So yeah, we, I've got some. Yeah. Yeah, that's good beautiful. Um, it is. It is very good. Yeah. Cool. Also, before we go, I, I think Chisler Warren has mentioned something about the iTunes or. The, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> good call. So I had totally pitch it, dude. Pitch um, it. <clears throat> We Facebook? are official, yo. We're official. We're on iTunes. You can go download and subscribe to these podcasts on iTunes and pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts because it all kind of stems from iTunes. And not That's only that, cool. not only that, you can always go to internetzillionaire.com and, and uh, listen to all these podcasts as well. And dive deep into the archives at internetzillionaire.com, which go all the way back to 2005. We've been kicking. We've been kicking it for that a long crazy. time. That is crazy. We've been kicking it for a long time, and we've been writing funny stuff up there uh, for years. And and we've evolved it into this uh, new podcast. So. <clears throat> Yeah, if you're ever bored and you want to just get a, a quick laugh or whatever, just go back and dig through there. So, I, feel, yeah. I feel like especially for guys our age, right? Like, for guys our age, I think diving into some of those Vegas stories and, uh, you know, some oh, of those yeah. funnier kind of party, they're, they're going to be funny for people that are our age. They're, they're going to love those stories. Centaur Dude, pretty much documented me. his marriage, then his having children, that, <laughs> that, side, that yeah. side of the world. Oh, yeah. Solo no, and I documented. Documented it was a our time in New York. Procreating, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were a sniper. Typing as I fornicated. It was good stuff. All right, sorry. Go ahead, solo. <laughs> no, I said you. I said you were the sniper. I That's remember right. that article. <laughs> yeah, and so and meanwhile, and solo and I were documenting our you know time in New York, but also just there's a bunch of random. <clears throat> totally random stuff that you know just yeah. were ideas that fly in so but the cool thing is, is to jump on itunes and subscribe and then you just boom pop in your headphones on your commute or on your in your drive and you can uh catch up on all these podcasts well yeah that's, Super easy. that's especially good considering that we're not you know it's not like we're coming out every tuesday morning at 8 a.m or something so that way, it just pops Thank up for God, you. I can hardly do this every four days. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're, so far our schedule's pretty random. <laughs> it's it's all over. But if you've ever wanted to read about 
what it's like for four guys to play Halo 2 on the original Xbox. <laughs> oh, man. Go to Internet Zillionaire. Oh, but they do. That's what I'm saying. They do. Trust me. <laughs> well, guys, had a good time tonight. Right. I'm glad we got this out. Uh, I'll see you next time. Yeah, take nice right. work, guys. Baseline to baseline. Thanks, guys. All right.